When it comes to student elections, student unions face an engagement problem. As it currently stands, there exists a high tide of apathy when it comes to student elections. And this is no different in regards to St Andrews. Few exercise their rights as a voter, and most candidates are lucky to receive barely 5% of the total student vote. For students, democracy often seems hollow. Many complain that they don't know who their elected representative is, and some candidates, like last year's Athletic Union president, ran unopposed, netting over £20,000 and the right to represent student interests without challenge. Though, there might be some just criticism of students for not exercising the powers they possess, it is also clear that many of the students' concerns are reasonable. A good number complain that they don't know who their candidate is or what they stand for, making voting and representation feel pointless or meaningless. Us at The Saint want to help our representatives to change that. To do so, in addition to The Saint's ongoing coverage of the elections, Isabel, Millie and I decided to go to the elections launch party last Monday in order to ask some of the candidates why they were running. This podcast, though over an hour long, includes a wide array of voices from those who attended the launch party, including many candidates for very specific positions. In order to make listening more easy, we have decided to place the interviews with the two candidates for student presidency who turned up to the launch party, Barry Will and Stella Maris, first. Then follows interviews with athletic student presidential candidate Pasha Morazada Tarani. Then the series of interviews for school presidents and other non-sabbatical positions. We understand not everyone will be interested in listening to the whole podcast and so we have placed timestamps in the description in order so that listeners can listen to the candidates for specific positions. This week from The Saint, the 2023 student elections. Meet your candidates. So I am here with Barry Will and he hasn't announced his candidature yet, but it's coming tomorrow, which will now be two days ago. Yeah. Well, to released this episode. So it will have happened. So it will have happened. So Barry. Can you tell me, what are three main issues that are wrong with this university? Um, number one, housing. <laughs> like, probably an unexpected, unexpected answer for me. Um, we are deep in a housing crisis just now that has, you know, there, there is no prospect of it really going away without some serious action from all those who are responsible, from Fife Council, from the university, from the Scottish government as well. Um, and it's something that is massively impacting the student experience in St Andrews. And so that's absolutely one issue that I work on. The second one is cost of living. Um, we're deep in a cost of living crisis. In fact, it's the worst cost of living crisis since 1980. And it is the most impactful for students ever in history. And yet we have a response from the university that, in my perspective, is just woefully inadequate. In fact, not even just from my perspective, when you compare it to other universities across the UK, it is just far below what we can offer. The opportunity is, is here to do so much more. And I think we need real action on that. And I think another thing that I really would, would focus on is union reform. I think in the last few years, we've lost the campaigning spirit that is normally at the heart of any student movement 
we've not had any student campaigns on campus and we've lost the within the student body the, the skills and the passion I think to, to drive a movement which demands a lot more from the people in power and um, the ones who have put us in these positions of housing crisis and of cost of living crisis and of mental health crisis and so I think another key thing of my campaign is to to build a foundation in the student body that is resilient and can continue long after my presidency if I'm elected to continue to fight for the issues that matter most to them. And look, on this third point, often associated with the position, association president, is it something that's vacuous, it's bureaucratic, it can't really achieve a lot of change within a system that is so rigid. How do you think you could change that? I think I could change that by getting the students to do it instead. Because people say, well, student president, you know, you're caught up in all these meetings, which is true, there's a lot of bureaucracy, but that's what comes with the role of, of navigating being a key representative. But it shouldn't just be up to the student president. A massive part of the role of student president is to build resilience in the members of the union and so that they have the capacity themselves to lead student campaigns, to fight for the issues. And that's where I see, if I'm elected, my role coming into play. And in practice, what would that look like? What it would look like is to run a sort of active consultation of members to say what issues matter most to you, what do you want to have campaigns on. When we've got that, then we run, then we organise groups of students. Students want to campaign as director of cash. Like we have so many people all the time saying, "How can I get involved in X campaign?" If we then build up with the students' union to a much more active and a, a much more engaged body, a lot of, there's a lot more people to reach when you're when you're. I'm talking to the entire member of members of the University of St Andrews, we can then get groups of students, like there is subcommittees, to have run their own campaigns on the issues that matter to them. Take mental health, for example. If students said to me, we want more funding for mental health from the Scottish government and from the university, then we can reach out to students and say, OK, who wants to be part of a campaign that runs for the entire semester where we're going to fight for it? That doesn't need to take all this input from me because we then get competent, engaged people willing to take on the issues. And it sort of devolves a bit of that responsibility from what is a busy role, you know, being president. That's where I think there is opportunity to do that, by building it in the members. And look, being president, you're meant to represent the interests of the students. But currently, the current student president has just approved the rent increase. Yeah. So what do you think has gone wrong there? That obviously students in general wouldn't want to rent increase. How has that then been lost in translation? in that sort of direct translation from what people want to what then the representative of the student union is communicating to people who are at the future. Yeah, I think the issue here is that our student president did not consult students. So at no point in this rent increase did the student president or did the principal's office or university court at any single point consult the students that is going to impact. But if you're talking about representation, Representation demands consultation of the members that you, you say that you represent. And I think we've not had that in quite a few years. We've not had student presidents who have reached out to students and actually said, listen, what are your issues? Like, I'm, I'm running on a manifesto, but I'm very well aware that my manifesto is based on my own experience at St Andrews and it's based on my own understanding of what I think are the issues that matter most. But that's not to say that's you know, completely the issues that matter most to the students of St Andrews. And so the very first thing I do as president is to reach out to students, understand what their issues are, understand how things are impacting them, and then to, alongside my manifesto, 
create you know a, a, a sort of moving manifesto that that consultants regularly responds to the things that matter to the most as things are going on and look we're going to be moving into a period of campaigning now and from previous years the track record of turnout to elections is very low how do you plan on getting people to vote for you in a very practical sense of your campaign i mean i think what i've shown at my time at st andrews if there's one thing that i do well it's run a campaign um I don't just do it in St Andrews with cash. I'm also on the campaign strategy group for Scotland's largest tenants union. I run the direction of the entire union. Um, I know how to run a good campaign and I think it shows. Cash is now the most engaged by a phenomenal margin, the most engaged student campaign on campus. It's because we consult students. It's because we actively reach out and say what issues matter to most you, most of you on housing. And then we build a campaign that does it. That is how you get engaged voters. That is how you get engaged members. And that's what I'll do with my... Absolutely, yeah. So I, I was just going to say... It, there's a massive issue with student engagement and student politics. People don't vote. I mean, last year's turnout was seven, pathet- seven, pathetic. Last year's turnout was pathetic, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And we've been from people we've spoken to tonight. We've been hearing a lot about survey fatigue. People just like not knowing who their like faculty president is. To what extent do you think the issue with people not engaging? is the fact that people don't know who's holding these positions. Yeah, that is it. Like, I've spoken to people who, when I've mentioned a student president, and they say, who is that? You know, they, they yeah. don't know who it is. But that's because one of the key things that I do with, with cash and with living rent is to be on the streets, is to be standing outside of Market Street, even in the snow, and to show that representation, to show that you care. And when you show that you care, the people give back because they realise there's someone in power who genuinely cares about their interests. We've not got that in St Andrews just now. And so people don't engage. Like, I'm not surprised. Hopefully what they'd see with me running is that it is someone who is deeply passionate about the issues that matter most to students at St Andrews, that is deeply committed to the action that we need to find a resolve to all the crises that we face. And I think that is one of the things, when I say union reform is a key part of my campaign, I mean it. Like, we need union reform. We need to have a students' union that genuinely, to its members, shows that they care about the issues. Because that is what a union is. I think sometimes we forget what a union is at St Andrews. We think it's... I've even spoke with someone recently that thought the students' union was part of the university. But, like, a union, a union... The heart of it is resistance and representation. We've lost that, and that's what I want to build over over the years. So do you, do you think that the current set of people are running for the right reasons, then, not really at all? You don't think they're passionate enough? I do think they're passionate enough, but to represent someone doesn't just mean to be passionate about the issues they care about. You also need to show the people and be on the... You need to have a face out there that that people can see and people can put a name to, you know, who's actually representing them. It's not just, it's not good enough to sit in an office and to consult with, you know, the university on on issues that you think matter. You also need to show people that you're there for them. You know, like, look at... Dynamic in your approach. Absolutely, yeah. Look at other unions across the UK just now. There's strikes happening all over the place. Joe Grady of the UCU, her face is everywhere. Mick Lynch of, of the RMT, these people show all their members that they are they are using their position of power to represent them effectively. And you don't get that, you don't get that by just sitting in a meeting and not showing your face. Do you, do you think there's too much cooperation currently with the university? 
would that be something that would change I think what would change under my watch is the, the cooperation would still be there. But I think one thing that has happened over the last few years is some of our student presidents and student representatives seem to think that engaging with the university needs to be on the terms of the university. And it needs to be whilst being on the side of it. If you're president, the university legally has to listen to you and they will listen to me if I'm elected. But that doesn't mean to say that it's too much to say we're not getting a good deal just now. We've got thousands of students who are deeply unhappy with the, the decisions of the university and as student president we're going to fight for our, the interests of our students first. That is the first thing that comes. If the members are saying to me, the students of St Andrews are saying, listen we're unhappy I'm going to say to the uni, the students are unhappy and we want something more here instead of saying, what can you give from us? We'll say, this is what we want we're going to fight for it and what you give us, you know, we're going to negotiate and from a position of, of power of our members. So finally, Barry, three words. Why should people vote for Three words, three words. I'd say... I think three words are sort of... are a big part of my campaign. I'd say one of them, housing. Another word, access. And another word, activism. Housing, let's have real progress on the housing crisis. Access, let's make sure that St Andrews is ex genuinely accessible for everyone. Let's make sure that people aren't worried about putting food on the table, that people you know, don't need to worry about um, living outside of town, that people aren't you know, struggling with university because of mental health issues um, and they find that they don't have the support. Um, and then lastly, activism. Like, let's build a radical student movement that is willing to fight for the issues that matter most to us. Let us take to the streets, let us demand more of the university, demand more of Fife Council, let us show everyone who's in power just how powerful we are as students. And let's make St Andrews, you know, a much more exciting, a much more, much more supportive community. Hi, I'm with Stella and um, tell me what position you're running for. I'm running for association president. Wonderful. Um, and I guess, what do you think the biggest problem facing the university is at the moment? I think right now, um, the biggest problem that we have is probably accommodation. Um, I think it's all relative though. Um, the nature of the impact that accommodation has on the student body isn't to diminish the nature of the impact that EDI policies are going to have on the student body. These are things that we need to work on alongside each other and we need to recognise the links between all of them. The university has a five pillar strategy that talks about sustainability, talks about people, talks about, well, I guess diversity, talks about um, digital, talks about entrepreneurial and talks about world leading. But they're not all in a vacuum. The idea is that the, you know sustainability is going to underpin all of those things because what is a digital strategy that will you know ruin the university's commitment to sustainability? There are resources that have to go into that. So essentially, what I'm saying is, I think that the problem of accommodation is a huge problem that we're facing right now in terms of we need to invest in more affordable accommodation. We need to be more open about what's actually currently happening with those investments that the university are making in yeah. accommodation. Because there are new builds coming in. Um, you know, they've got Gap Site 3 that's going to come in. It doesn't currently have a name, <laughs> at least not one that I'm aware of. Um, there's Albany Park that's projected, I think, to come in in 2026. Um, I think they need to be more transparent about why there are possible delays with certain builds. I think that the one of the things that I'm running on is the university publishing an accommodation strategy where they outline the current provision that the university 
university provides um, what's currently available in the town to the extent that yeah. you can kind of report on that work with five council um, I think kind of keep track of the student numbers and I know that they are working um, to reduce the number of students in town next year so that's going to have an impact on the availability of accommodation I know that right now quite a few students have been rejected accommodation for next year um, the reasons for that I'm not necessarily privy to in the accommodation kind of um, department sphere um, but I do think that I was unhappy with the suddenness of that and I felt like there did really need to be a response that recognized the panic and the stress that students felt and there will be a, a statement coming out um, on Wednesday that has been collaborated on by myself the current association president and um, well, you'll see. Yes. Okay, oh, <laughs> and I, I guess maybe a question is: is what do you conceive of the the role of the student president as? Like, what's your approach to that position? Do you think it's communicating, being this communicator to the students and from the students to the university, or or do you think it's something else? Do you think it's sort of like a bureaucratic administrative role, or what? What? What's What's your spin on that role? So. What I would say is I think student activism is always important because with every generation of students that comes in, you get new ideas, you get new proposals of solutions um, to the issues that we're currently facing. And I do want to encourage student activism, but I want to make sure that students in presenting those solutions are as well informed as possible. Because when you have the necessary context, it's easier to aim for a solution that fits and is kind of reasonable in the context of the current university that we're in, the university governance. Whether that's a thing where we need to change aspects of university governance. How do you know that unless you know that this is what's potentially holding you back? Maybe there are some aspects of university governance that have impacts on other areas of the university. But that's one of the things about the strategy when you read it. And my experience of being on the university court for the last two and a half years is essentially you have all of these stakeholders vying to be at the top of that agenda, right? But you necessarily have to kind of fight against the next person who genuinely believes this should be at the top of the agenda. And the university has to find a balance where everyone is served. And that isn't always necessarily a case of getting exactly what you want immediately. But it's possible that you can say, I can collaborate with this other stakeholder yeah. and say, okay, can we have a long-term view of this? Can we see, you know, accommodation in terms of, okay, we want more affordable accommodation. This is what you can provide for us. Can we also do it in a sustainable way? That might take more time, but what we end up with in the end is in an option for accommodation that will last you know, for decades and decades, hundreds of years to come, hopefully, but also will fulfill, you know, that commitment to being more sustainable and not increasing our impact on the environment. So, essentially, what do I think students, the role of students is? The role of students is to be informed. Um, I think the university is understanding better the limitations uh, of the, the position that students come from, because you're essentially, I mean, when I joined the university court two and a half years ago, I was ignorant like it's just you turn up and you're kind of thrust into this role and it took two and a half years for me to kind of figure out what's going on in that and, space and do you think experience that's what marks you out as a candidate oh, i have to say yes um i think that i have demonstrated that student representation is my passion i'm willing to take the time and the effort even as someone for whom it, you know i have struggled while at university i've had really negative experiences while at university i've been really angry with the university but 
on the kind of experience comes in many forms, right? There's the experience of student representation, but there's also the experience of being a minority at this university, having experienced hardships and discrimination. And um, I was just saying earlier, I sometimes it's easy to see those negative experiences as a sunken cost sort of thing, where it's like, I've had this horrible experience, I can pay the fee and I can just move on lesser for that experience. Or, I can perhaps invest a little bit more, whether that's time, energy, whether it's just speaking up and saying, actually, this isn't good enough. I'm going to use my experience as an example to push for more change. Whether I'm able to do that with my experiences, that's another way in which that experience can benefit students where you can, you can use that. And I think I have a lot of those experiences, experiences unfortunately, <laughs> um, but I also have experience of turning up and saying, this has happened, it's simply not good enough. Um, whether it's report and support, um, I have been pushing for reform for report and support pretty much within a couple of, I think within a couple of months of joining the university court, very much saying that there's a trust problem. Students don't yeah. necessarily trust the university's intentions when it comes to the stuff that they're doing. They need to rebuild that trust. And I'm able to say that because I didn't trust the university, right? Um, I had other students reaching out to me who were essentially saying, we don't trust the university to take these experiences seriously. So I can use my experience, I can kind of open, I have opened myself up to the experiences of others and have been able to take that, I mean, I've had the incredible privilege of being Rector's Assessor, which is a role that gives you incredible access to the very top, you know, direct access to the kind of, the, the, the ear, uh, the old hearing ear, well, selective hearing ear, but yeah. um, it's quite difficult to ignore the person stood right next to you because they got past the, and they're just yelling it at you. And Stella, if you were to summarise your manifesto in three succinct points, how would you do that? So I am running on a manifesto that pushes for sustainability in every sense. So it's about sustainable sustainability in terms of environmental, it's also about sustainable solutions to the cost of living crisis in ways to support students and have long-term benefits. Um, they're not just kind of looking at this year and saying, okay, we've managed to get students through this, this year. It's about ensuring that we address not just the cost of living, but the cost of living well. Um, and finally, I think sustainable approaches to student consultation and representation, making sure that there are solid structures in place that don't require every year for someone to kind of identify these issues. Well, so I've been here for six years, including during COVID, to be able to say, you know, I have this oversight of what it was before, what it was during, what it was, what it was after. Because I'm, I'm graduating this year and I'm taking with me my kind of experience being at the university. So I want to make sure that those structures are in place so that we don't have to rely on students. Because we know that there's a high turnover um, of student representatives every year. So those are the three main points. But it is essentially sustainability in every sense. And in one phrase, why should people vote for you? I think that we need, at the helm, someone with the experience of working directly in these areas who has demonstrated that they care and they're willing to put themselves forward and run for roles and um, advocate for students on a wide range of issues. And I've done that for the last five years of my six-year degree. Um, so I, I think they should run for me because I'm willing to run for them. Okay, so would you mind introducing yourself and telling us what position that you're running for? So yeah, my name is Pasha Muradzadeh Tarani uh, and I'll be running for the AU President role next year. And what position do you currently hold? Do you currently hold a position? I am currently the AU Treasurer. 
and have been since 2021. Okay, and what makes you want to sort of take that next step up to the AU presidency? So I've been involved in sport, like I said, for the last two years in the AU treasurer role. Um, I'm very passionate about sport being a vehicle for providing equal opportunities for everyone. Um, in those two years, I've also sat on the AU executive committee and the board, helping shape the future of student sport. I'd like to be involved in that in a bigger role next year. Maybe sort of like, what do you think the big problems are that you're going to be sort of mm -hmm. focusing on? So I think the three things for me, and these are my three sort of key points on my manifesto as well, are transparency, consistency, and accessibility to sport. Yeah. Um, in terms of transparency, uh, I want to create a more effective communication channel between state sport and student members providing a bit of disclosure over the decision-making processes. And, and do you think that relates to any of the decisions that have been made recently, or is that is that is not necessarily a reaction to how things have been? Or, or would you say that's taking it a bit too far? I don't think it's a reaction to anything. I think we can always be more transparent. Yeah. Um, I think students have a right to know when decisions are being made that affect them. So I don't think it's a reaction to anything. I just think we can always be more transparent. There are always things that students need to be aware of. Yeah. So in addition to that, what, what are your other pillars of your manifesto? So then? in terms of consistency, I'd like to be consistent in approaching decision making so that all clubs are treated equally, consistent across the financial decisions for every club and consistent in upholding the standards of what it means to be part of Saint Sport. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of accessibility, I want to introduce office hours both during the day and in the evening because that's when most of the sports clubs will be training uh, so that student members can voice their concerns. I'd love to continue the growth of the recreational sport programme and explore opportunities to make sport more available to all students. Wonderful. And um, and I, I guess, again, do you think that this is, this is anything to do with the problems of the current system, or do you, think this is more a, do you think this is more just sort of what could be done better? I don't think it's a problem with the current system. I think this is more of a reaction to external factors, such as the cost of living crisis, that yeah. has accelerated at a growth that none of us could have predicted. Um, and although we've made some plans to tackle them this year, we would we had hoped that these costs would come down. Unfortunately, they haven't. So there will have to be some reaction to that, and we need to make sure that it doesn't affect students in the worst way. I guess also focusing on on maybe last year's election as well, um, and more broad, broad questions about sort of like student representation more generally. I know that the candidate for the AU ran unopposed. Uh, uh, ran unopposed. Uh, I, I guess for the AU generally, I mean, it raises questions of legitimacy about like who are you purporting to represent? Do you feel as if like you can actually speak up for the students if you have sort of if you don't have a proper contest or as the case with like the student president, you're only getting less than like 700 votes? So I guess my question is, is like, do you feel like student representation, your position, you're able to speak up for the students in the way in which can maximise the role. Do you think there's a question of legitimacy there? Um, I think this year, I think Elsa's done a fantastic job. I think she's had a very difficult year with a lot of decisions that have been made. Yeah. And I think she's done a really good job at handling them when it's not really what she signed up for in the role. She's supported the students in the best way that she can, and I think she's done a fantastic job at that, and I think that's all I'll say about that. In terms of what I would do, I think it's so important to be the student voice. That's what the AU president role is there to do. Um, you're not employed by Saint Sport. You're employed to represent the students, and that's the main thing that I'll be doing. Is I'd like to make the decision that supports the students the best. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a huge problem with engagement in student politics. People just aren't voting. 
Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that, especially with something that potentially not like the SAB roles, but some of the other positions, people just don't really know what they're voting for, let alone who. Um, I mean, like, we were, we, I, like, I've had conversations with people, we were having conversations with people last night about how like, they just don't know who their school president is. And so do you think that like increasing the visibility of your role or slash like you, do you think that's key to the role? I think so. I think people knowing who you are is really important, especially if you're representing, I think there are about 5,000 student sport members. Mm-hmm. And if you're representing 5,000, that's half the university population. Yeah. People need to know who you are. I think that's very key. I think it differs for school presidents a little bit because yeah. it's a smaller number of people that are representing, but it's still mm-hmm. very important. I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed with student elections here is the shortness in the campaigning time. If you look at somewhere like Strathclyde, they get two weeks to campaign. I even think the voting period is slightly short. I don't think increasing it by a massive amount is going to change, but maybe an extra day could have a massive effect on people voting. I don't think there'll be. I don't think it would decrease voting numbers. It could be something worth trying out next year. Um, but I think just being present is so so important, especially for sport as well. When it's all about being present and being part of a team, or even in an individual sport, you're always having to represent your sport you're playing. Um, and what can we expect from your campaign? So. Obviously, campaign starts tomorrow. Um, I'll be out and about tomorrow um, at the Conference Cup finals. Uh, also be playing tomorrow as well. So I think that's an important part if people forget that as a president, you still can play the sport that you do. And I think it's really important to be present there as well. Mm-hmm. I think you're there because you're passionate about sport and you've got to show that in the way that you've done it for the previous four years that you've been here. Um, so I'll be out and about a lot of the time. Um, I'll be supporting the teams that are playing in the day as well. I think that's so important. Um, we've got a lot of our teams playing in the Conference Cup Finals tomorrow, which is massive for us. Shows that we've had massive improvements in sport over the last four or five years. Um, last year we finished 14th in Bucks, which is one of our highest ever finishes. And it shows that we are very passionate about our sport and we do care. Um, and finally, Pasha, like why should people vote in these elections? Whether or not it's for you, why should people vote? I think it's important to vote because... At the end of the day, your SAB officers and even your school presidents are representing you. It's They're making decisions on your behalf, and I think it's so important that you get a say on who is making those decisions for you. Um, you don't want to have someone in the role who you don't know. You want that person to be present, like I said previously. Um, yeah, I think that's the main thing for me. So, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Hithanshi. I am in third year. I study international relations and psych, and I'm running for arts and divinities. Okay. So, what do you? What does the position of arts and divinity president encapsulate for you? Okay. So, I mean, I think that there's a, an aspect of the role that's obviously very bureaucratic. It's supporting all the arts and divinities president and the director of education and um, co-chairing educom but obviously there's a lot of responsibility outside of like the prescribed role that i want to get involved in so i kind of want to focus on um like learning beyond classrooms uh some of like my favorite like academic memories this year have been like random talks that I've attended because my lecturers have written to me like hey this guest speaker from LSD is coming you should come around and watch and um, I kind of want to like help create like more events and talks and invite more speakers that's kind of and what do you think doing that would look like in practice right so um, the biggest thing 
probably would be to procure funding. Uh, having spoken to like the current arts and divinities, like the funding is there. It's just about the like the organization or the organizational aspect of like procuring the funding and then inviting the relevant speakers and then marketing the event. Um, and also at the same time, a lot of like societies have their own funding, um, but they don't have like the ability to like collaborate with like schools. So I think kind of that aspect is what I want to focus on. And look, one of the most important things about being a president is being able to represent the interests of students. How do you think we can sort of make that process better of getting feedback directly from students and having that impact the policies of faculties? Right. So one of the things that I've been working on in my time with um, the enhancement themes is that there is this tendency of like survey fatigue there is just so many surveys that we have to fill in like every MEQ and then every like mid-semester survey and I think that just kind of dilutes the impact of like being able to put like input feedback so I think um, the biggest thing that I would be really happy if I could like help with is to reduce that and um, to see if we could have like one survey a semester that is like almost all-encompassing. And do you think there's any other way to like get feedback from students other than surveys where people feel very sort of distanced from what mm -hmm. they're putting in and often are not really incentivized to fill them out? Yeah, uh, I think the like the biggest responsibility in that case is the class reps because everyone has feedback and everyone has opinions and if you have a conversation with them they either love a class or they hate it or they love and hate certain aspects of it and just getting that kind of feedback in informal settings is so much more helpful than like the formal surveys and emails and stuff so yeah and look i'd say like engagement with student politics is potentially at an all-time low so yeah. if you were to tell people in one sentence why they should vote and why they should vote specifically for you, what would you say? Um, I think specifically for the educational space, a lot of the, a lot of the work that we see is in, like quite intangible. It's not visible, but um, for example, diversifying reading lists that's something that is an effort that's actively being taken. And so if you are interested in having a greater voice in how your in what your education experience looks like, then please get involved and please vote whether it's for me or an another candidate. Hi, so, sorry, what's your name? I'm Tasha. And um, what are you running for? I'm running for a uh, BAME officer. And do you currently hold any positions within the union? Yes, um, I'm currently the EDI officer, uh, undergrad officer for the School of History and School of IR. EDI is basically equality, diversity, inclusion. So I advocate for like um, you know diversity in reading lists and stuff like that. Um, I work with like the school, like with the different schools and stuff to like uh, promote certain months, like you know Black History Month and like LGBT Month and so forth. And do you feel that this year has been like? Do you, do you feel that you've achieved what you wanted to achieve in the last year in that role? Um, I think to some degree yes and some degree no just because first of all like change is obviously very like um, it's a very long process and with schools like certain schools I will say are much more resistant to change than other schools so it has been difficult but um, 
I have feel like I have been able to get something started. Like for instance, I'm currently working on some reading list reviews for the School of History um, as part of my job there, and you know, like reviewing like you know who gets to um, be published and who is kind of being focused on and who's not, and that's really interesting. And we're going to be presenting that to the SSCC. No spoilers, but. Enough. And so why why do you want to run for Bain officer? Well, like, you know, I've always been very passionate about like race issues and you know, like race equality and like as an Asian woman I and as an international student as well to boot, I've always been very aware that, you know, my existence in a place like the UK, the place like St Andrews, a very white majority dominated place, like you can feel the difference and like you know, there are certain instances I've heard like things like, I don't know, like the Madras kids like heckling like, um, you know, BAME students and that's not okay and that's something I want to like, you know, work towards like, like I want to actually like make, uh, as cliche as it sounds, like a direct contribution, like an act, make an active difference essentially. Just because like, I know there are so many like BAME students in our student population, especially since we have such a highest national population. And especially since BAME officer is such a high, like, is such a senior role, I think it's like a role that I can really make a good change on because I do understand what it's like and I have got the experience. And it, so if you could sum up your manifesto in like three points, what would your manifesto be? Oh crap, um, wow, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, like. Sorry, that's potentially quite a tough question. That is quite a tough question, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but like, I would really like to work with the, um, like the EDI like offices quite closely to you know like ensure things like you know like reading lists for example for humanities students being you know more like um, you know less white like currently I'm looking at the history reading reviews I've seen one author that is not white and that's not okay so I'd like to work closely with the EDI offices in that I'd also like to uh, create platforms to like you know for BAME students to reach out if they don't feel safe or comfortable and like you know have that basic anonymity so you know students won't be scared to speak out um so that's my second point wow um third point I don't know like it's kind of hard to say but just like as cliche as it sounds just like being a voice of student and like being like making sure that the university takes BAME concerns seriously especially since the international student population is such a large part of the population and you know we're like people too, like we should be taken seriously. And yeah, I mean, St Andrews has always been pretty good about it, I think, compared to other universities. But that doesn't mean there's not room for improvement, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I don't know about other universities, but at St Andrews we seem to have a big problem with student engagement in student politics, uni elections. Why is it important that people vote in this election? Well, I mean, like right now, there are so many issues here, right? Like, you know, we can acknowledge the elephant in the room. This is not directly related to me and BAME per se, but accommodation is a huge elephant in the room. And like, you know, student officers, they can actually make a change about it. So if you vote on things, like you think you're powerless, but you're not. Like, if you talk to your student rights, you know who they are, you can actually speak to them and make a difference. And they will do their best to communicate their concerns and they will take you seriously and they'll do it in a way that you will protect your identity. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, like student officers are so much more important than you know. Like you're not 
you're paying tuition like student here like you can make a difference you just need to actually use your voice again that sounds cliche but do you think there's more that we can do to increase the visibility of student officers i think first of all students actually need to be aware that these positions exist and you know that what they do and stuff like that so i think making like students more aware of student officers in the sense of outside emails because I know most people don't read their emails and I'm gonna be honest sometimes I don't read my emails too like you like making them aware of you know these kind of roles in other platforms maybe something like uh, social media like Instagram I think that would be really helpful and knowing that these resources exist I think just that is a huge problem in itself so I'm currently with Sina and she is the president of economics and finance and is re-running for the position for next year. So Saina, what does the position of economics and finance president really entail? So I mean from what I have experienced in the past year it's it's been great so far because looking at COVID I've also been a class rep since my first semester at university for the school so I know the changes that I've brought in pre-COVID and after COVID. There used to be no social events and I really sort of revive those social events. We're actually having a ball as well, which many of the students in the School of Econ and Finance have not experienced. So I'm really excited about that. And besides that, there's a lot of administrative changes also that have been put into place related to timetabling of like tests and etc. So those are the things I've seen, yeah. So what's the change you're most proud of over the past year? I think bringing it back the ball and sort of helping the pressures with, uh, with their with their sort of like timetabling issues and stuff because being a pressure I understand how intimidating it can be when you come to uni and considering the fact that a lot of us did not write in-person exams so sort of talking to professors about that and making that transition easy for people not only for freshers but second, third, fourth years as well it's something that I, I've been closely working on with the school and I hope to make it better for others as well. So from what you've said, you're really responsible for all aspects of people who study within the faculty, whether that be social and academic, etc. How important do you think it is to have that holistic outlook on combining everything into one space? Yeah, so I feel like when you're the president, you're sort of in charge of leading people. You're not you, you won't exactly get, get to work on things directly, but you have a team and you sort of understand each, each person's strengths and weaknesses and that's how you work on it so even though I'm in charge of taking of handling things academically or like organizing careers events or social events at the school I have a team who's working with me and it's sort of with their help as well that I am able to do what I, I can do. So there's a lot there's a big problem at the moment maybe with like student engagement with I mean like student politics a lot of their representatives. Do you feel as if you engage with um, many of like, do you feel like there's a degree of engagement for people like studying under equal finance with you personally? Do you think there's any way in which you, which you can sort of further improve? Um, that is actually a part of my manifesto. I am, in my manifesto, one of the improvements that I'm going to bring into the school is to develop a sort of informal feedback system because now the School of Management and the School of Econ are going to be combined into one school of, school of business. So I feel like, and a lot of students haven't been given a lot of clarity on how the school is going to be developed and what are the proceedings of it. So I feel like developing that kind of platform and uh, having that engagement with students 
would be really helpful considering the new business yeah. So if you could sum up in one sentence why you're running, what would you say? I want to bring improvements to the school. I have, I, I have a long-standing commitment with the school and I think just being, just being the president in my last year at university will sort of help me complete that experience and I, I'm really passionate about my job. Yeah. What's your name and what are you running for? Hi, I'm Daria Gusha. I'm running for School of IR President. Currently, I'm a second year class rep for the School of IR. I'm also the events organizer for the School of IR. And I guess maybe to start off with, why do you want to be School of IR President? What do you think that, what do you think that would bring to Well, in the past year, I've worked closely with the current president and I've, I've represented all the students. I'm the person who's done like most of the like questionnaires to the students. I brought up a lot of like the more difficult points to bring up with like our faculty and I've also realized what the problems are currently with our school. So my action plan is threefold. First of all, like I call it the three C's just because the power of alteration. So it's careers, content and community. First of all, regarding careers, we all know how important it is to have like internship opportunities in this day and age and how much employers look for that. However, the School of IR only like shows us internship opportunities that are directly marketed at graduates, which is obviously too late for many people who need a job straight after, or they're very much limited by the country from which people come from. So for me, as like an undergraduate from Romania, there is literally no internship option available. And when I bring this up with the School of IR, they always like make excuses and just say it's difficult. So I think that's a really important thing to change. Second of all, regarding content, there's a lot of content that like students would like to see more of, especially at like sub honors level, that faculty has taken out. For example, Marxism, I had about like 20 people this year like ask me why Marxism is not taught at like uh, sub honors level anymore, even though it was. And whenever I brought it up with the university, they would always just say, oh, the faculty member left the university, which I do not think is an excuse that's good enough for taking out a major theory out of like our curriculum. Yeah. So I would just like to involve student voices more, especially in the more like flexible curriculums like in an, like and is that your community part as well? No, my community part is like basically uh, regarding events, the School of IR has a non-existent budget for events even though we're like one of the biggest schools in our university. So as I found out this year as event organizer, our budget for events is zero. And that's a big problem, especially because in our title we have the word relations. And IR is mainly based on like connections that you build like doing university with your faculty. Like if you want to continue in research, it's very important to get like these connections and these recommendations from current faculty. If you're going to work in IR, it's very important to actually build like lasting connections with other people. Whereas I feel like we are not promoting that at all and any such initiative that I try to bring up with I feel like the members of the faculty are receptive to ideas put forward by students. I think a lot of them are, some of them aren't, so it is a bit difficult, it's still like very much a patriarchal school I would say, but I think it's very important to just keep pushing for what we want, because for example on the problem of events as events organizer, I, we've kept asking for like, budget increases this whole year, it hasn't been possible, I would just like to put more pressure on them and like explain the importance of faculty maybe even taking like one hour of the whole semester off to come to a staff and student mixer. And if you could sum up your manifesto, if you could tell people why they should vote for you in one sentence, what would you say? I, I know all of the issues that you've had in this past year. I've already started working towards fixing 
improving certain situations and I would need to get this position in order to finalize my plans. Hi, so what's your name and what position are you running? Uh, I'm Holly and I'm running for the president in physics and astro. What motivates you? What motivated you to sort of run for this position? Um, because I did direct entry to second year and because of COVID, I studied that year fully online. So that was very limiting for me to like get to know different people, like my seniors or like my professors or my like classmates. And so I've like technically come to St. Andrews last September. Yes. And that means I was here for like a year and a half, which kind of feel like there will be other students who will be in the same position as me. And yeah. I wanted to like create an uh, environment where we can have more inclusiveness, inclusiveness between our own peers, but also between like different ear groups, because then we can see what the other people are studying and it helps us with the module choices as well. I guess, what do you think the big problems facing the School of Physics and Astrophysics are? And what, what do you think you what do you think you want to do about them? I feel like it's the lack of inclusiveness. Like I know my um, classmates within fourth years, but I don't know many other like people in the in different year groups. And I feel like that's because there are not many socials that include us all. Like I. So with a big part of your thing being sort of pushing the events. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 So that's sort of a big priority for you. Mm -hmm. and, and what else do you think? Um, I I think that's like the biggest that's one. The biggest thing: inclusivity, events, etc. Yeah, and one thing I also wanted to like, if I get elected to like move forward, is to open our physics library for a longer time. Because I know now it closes around like 5:30 p.m. Yeah. And I wish we can just um, make it open for a longer time because it gives us a space to study and we don't have to go to the main library all the time, which can be quite far for some people. I guess in sort of like one sentence or, or, or a few sentences, why do you think people listening should vote for you as a candidate? Um, I think I'm someone who is very dedicated. If I have a goal, I try to achieve it no matter how long or what um, it takes. Um, and I think that's that's like comes from my own personality as I just I'm like very goal driven and if I want to do something I really tend to achieve it. And through this opportunity I wish to like um, achieve all the objectives I have in mind. Hi, so just want to introduce yourself, tell us what you currently are and tell us what you're running for. Yeah, my name's Olivia Benbow and I'm the third year modern history class rep at the moment. Um, and so why do you want to run for history president? Yes, it's the School of History president. So I have a few things that have been on my mind. Um, also, I have experience as class rep this year. I'm also secretary for another society. It's the Salsa Bachata Society. Nice. Um, so I have like, I guess, organizational experience in that regard. and just seeing Rosa run it and I think it's really impressive what she's been doing um, and one thing that I think is really important that hasn't been done yet is sort of standardization of core readings for each tutorial and for each seminar because in my experience like some classes are really good with that and others aren't though which is kind of a big problem because I see like in myself and also in my peers that we get discouraged about that kind of thing it's like oh my gosh there are 20 like 50 page sources to read that's too much and where do I start from basically so I think it's really important to have sort of a core starting point um, another thing that I'm thinking about is um, sort of like specific modules 
um, because I think that we have we have a certain range at the moment. Um, but there's some topics that haven't been covered, and I know that there's been work done towards like Asia and Africa and that kind of thing. But I think Eastern Europe, and like as someone who has Eastern European heritage and background, like that's sort of been marginalized. So I'm thinking of you know working with staff to maybe make a change for that. And so what does what does you making that change look like? How are you planning on going about making those changes? Um. So one thing I want to talk. With, I know at meetings, like I want to talk with my class representatives and see what they think about it and if this is like an actual issue for them. I mean, it is for me is like going into my fourth year and, you know, deciding on special subjects at the moment. Um, but as in taking steps, I want to like talk with faculty members and I know that certain staff like have, you know, they specialize say in the Byzantine Empire or the Ottoman Empire, the Middle East. And part of that is Eastern Europe. But I sort of want to switch the perspective. I'm going to say, like, okay, yeah, we have this traditional framework, but can we, like, can we change the outlook a little bit and, like, see what it is from the inside, like the Balkans? Uh, look, we've talked a lot about sort of problems that survey fatigue as students don't really want to put out surveys about how they want to change the curriculum and things like that. Are there other ways that you can sort of get direct feedback from students to sort of represent to you what they want to change in in first Yeah, I think one thing we can do, so one thing is feedback forms. Um, those don't get a lot of responses a lot of the time, which is a problem. So I think maybe being more active about talking to students in class, um, because once you like you address the question during seminars, even like even just as an end note, like okay, what do you guys think? Like maybe just have something quick to fill out at the moment. I think would get more feedback immediately, and, and sort of having it more distant. It's like, okay, send a random email, like, oh, fill in this form. Like, nobody does that, right? Like, twelve people do that. And have you spoken to the current history school president? Yes. And from what you've sort of seen of the situation, do you think that faculty are receptive to the ideas of students, and that you will really be able to enact change in that way? To some extent. To some extent, it's. I know it's difficult actually to get them really to listen but I think if I'm able to prove my point and to sort of see that maybe this will be good for like from a historiographical perspective sort of changing and one big thing about that is changing the perspective sort of shifting the viewpoint I think they would be open to that. I Maybe, maybe. And do you think there's any way that I think getting. What do you think is like the barriers to engagement with I think students just don't care enough. Honestly, like I know personally, before I was class rep, I didn't care enough. Like this is just sort of a distant thing. Like, why would people in that change? Basically, so why should they care? They should care because if it's a loop. Right, it's basically a power loop. If they care, and they care enough to vote us in, then we will care more and see that our stu like students are backing us up, so it'll inspire us more to try to enact change. Do you think that part of the problem is that 
with these elections, there are so many positions that, like, at the end of the day, no, no one knows, no one necessarily knows, like, who their school president is or who these people running, like, what these positions mean. Do you think there's a fundamental issue with, like, the visibility of these positions? And do you think there's anything we can do to improve that? Um, yeah, I think there is a problem with, like, getting information out there. Um, so I think we should do more to promote that. And if we can, maybe students will see that there is help. Like, that if they get more involved, we'll get more involved. And it's, as I said, it's a loop. Just on sort of like the more central European historiography point, like, that seems like quite a radical change, doesn't it, in terms of like introducing new sorts of modules, etc. Do you think it's within the power of the student president at this moment to do that sort of thing? Yeah, I know it's, it seems like a really radical thing and it's probably not going to be accomplished like in the next year for sure. Like I totally recognize that, but I want to start the process at least because I know Rosa has started some things under her presidency and um, I would just like to sort of get it underway and at least have staff think about it. If you had to sum up your manifesto in three points... Oh boy, okay. Um, ah, three points, not three words, right? Yeah, three points. So you can, you points. can expand a bit. Okay. Um, Unless you want to do three words, that's fine too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay I think um, standardization of core readings, that's really important. I think that's achievable. Um, sort of, uh, I guess new module frameworks or mm -hmm. specificity. Yep. Um, another thing um, is actually more engagement between students and staff, because I, I think students sometimes are a little bit overwhelmed by talking to faculty and it's a little bit scary. Um, so I think maybe a more close, a closer connection between the two. So I'm with Dawn, who's running to be art history president for next year. Dawn, why are you running? I'm running because I really want to get into what within the school and really to kind of express what I want to do with the future of the school. And having been class rep for two years, there's some things I really want to improve or to add into it within the school of our history and um, seeing our history as um, usually a subject that people take as honest as um, a subject to take along with their main degree, I feel like I should really enhance diversity of art history as a module. And having been in the School of Art History now for a few years, what have you identified as the major problems? The major problem I feel like is the um, community and diversity and careers. So it's a lot to take in, but I would just highlight a few things that we think about as community. We haven't had a ball in six years, which is kind of um, sad. And I feel like because in sub honors especially, the courses are taken as like like a complementary course with other people's other subjects. I feel like they don't really see our history as something they want to be particularly invested in. So I really want to see make our history be like um, a very not prominent, like a more tightly knitted community. And in terms of careers, I feel like it's very one-dimensional in my own mm. on that. Um, because I see our history as a very diverse, intersectional subject where it's internet connected with film, with even with management, business, um, with history, or even with um, languages. So it's not very 
explored in that in terms of careers. It's just a really important book up there as well. And in a practical sense, what would that look like? More workshops with different museums, maybe um, even law firms, if you want to do like paralegals and art consultancy, that's uh, a booming um, career right now within like the, the law world. Um, probably a lot more workshops. And on that point, why do you think it's important that that emanates from the art history faculty itself? Why wouldn't people just go to, say, the careers hub in general or law society to learn about those things? Our history is kind of a very specific, so it's like a, a speciality within history itself, so because it's around the art, but in a way, people always say art is a very diverse subject, so I want to specialise how our history is a special subject in terms of uh, it's a special subject, but also a very diverse subject. I want to tell people, like, if you take our history, it's a very unique subject that's also specific, yet multidimensional and intersectional. So if you could sum up your manifesto in three quick points, what would it be? The three changes you would hope to make if you were president? Um, the three Cs, community, community, careers, and creativity. Okay. And creativity, what does that mean? Because um, as a person who does fine arts as well, I always feel like art history and art making itself is very interconnected because like often in different modules you learn about craftsmanship or like doing pigments, how do you paint or how do you create. So I feel like if I can add more of that into the school in terms of like creative in terms of fine arts or creativity in terms of events and ideas, that would be a good way. Just, just a question. You've been class president, right, for, for two years, is that right? Class representative. Class representative, sorry, class representative for two years. Do you feel like there's enough interaction with the people doing art history? Do you feel like they Not want really. that interaction? I feel like um, they want, I feel like students might want more interaction in daily. Yeah. Um, uh, in a daily perspective, because two years ago, there are um, the previous class president has put up, school president has put up an Instagram page for the students art history, but there's not of engagement doing. Because what I hope is maybe doing like daily posts and like daily favorite paintings, or maybe during um, deadline weeks, put up some snacks in the school department, and like making people feel like there are people that want to connect with people, like they're not alone. Because I do feel like that's become a problem. Like the only reason I know who the history class president is is because she's in my class, in my yeah. module. Apart from that, my first three years, I had no idea who was representing me. So how do you think we can achieve a more sort of personalised sense of student politics? Sorry, maybe just be more present physically as well. Mm. Probably during um, um, deadline weeks, you can like sit and work within the school or like next to the Union Cafe because it's close to school. Our history to say, hey, I'm up here from like 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. just to walk in and have any questions, contact me. Or just be more present on social media as well to tell people I am Inquiries, anything, um, it's yeah. almost like having office hours, yeah, right? Yeah. So finally, yeah. can you give me three words why I should vote for you over anybody else? Vote so for a new dawn in our history. Um, and just, um, if you want to be more tightly connected with our history, and just see our history as like, strong present with us because people always think like our history's been the school history they always like want to live so i just want to show people why we have our own separate department that's like what i want to emphasize that's our history yeah.
I'm here with Michael, who's running for the president, School of Classics president. School of Classics, yeah. And why are you, have you decided to put your hat in the ring? Throw my hat in the ring, you know. As a representative, I felt like I just there's so much more that I could have done if I was the president of the School of Classics. So I just feel like I'll, if I had that like authority, I th definitely think I could you know do more things. And what do you think the major problems in the School of Classics are right now? I think we have a bit of a reputation issue. Oh, really? What's I, the reputation <laughs> issue? <laughs> really? Really? I, don't <laughs> I have never heard of the School of Classics. Okay, okay can I just say, yeah. can I okay. just say, yeah, I, used to do, I did classes for two years. Yeah. Couldn't have told you who the School of Classics president was. Fair enough. For any of those two years. Yeah. I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> and what, what do you think the reputation issue is? I, I, I guess, like, related to that, how would a change We're, we're you, genuinely, I think we're, I think we're old, we're, like, white, like, old white men. Everyone went to private school. I want, I want to bring us to the 21st century, and, like, even within the classics, I... It's kind of oxymoronic, isn't it? It's so, it's really, but I, I like, I, I, I'm really into hip-hop, and... I really, I, I think there's like a strong connection between like the themes of like hip hop and the themes of like classical poetry. I, I wrote, I've written some stuff about this. I have a little, I have an article on the. Do you have a blog? No, no, my friend, my friend is on like one of these newspapers, so I wrote a little, a little article. Sounds for like her. something we should have at the same. Right? <laughs> sounds like content that should just be relegated to the staff. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, I wrote about how sort of, you know, you Tyler the Creator. I wrote about Catalus and the, the Tyler the Creator and how those like themes like kind of connect. It's like really interesting. I, I love it so much. It's like like two things that I love and like, connecting them. So apart from representation, what changes like tangible changes when yeah. you're in the meeting room? What yeah. what sort of things are you going to push for as as class president? I think definitely when I was a representative, I really pushed for vocabulary lists because I feel like that would it would help with accessibility because I feel like just the the, the like the, having people like who have like a background in Latin. Have, like they have, there's like a and, and Greek too. Like they have this sort of background, and it's like when you're more familiar with the language, you take it for longer. It's like you have you just get like more vocabulary in your head. So, so like sometimes like the vocabulary it just gets like too overwhelming. So I think if we had like a school of classics like official vocabulary list, uh, it would really help people who didn't have that private school background who are starting. In Latin, Greek, and college, just to really catch up. So, so accessibility almost. Genuinely. Sort of like what was it like the, the like minor, like practical changes I think that it, I think it's a major change that can make because I, everyone, every, like talking, just talking to like my fellow like students in the school of classics. I mean, as a second year classics rep, I, that was like the main thing that they really would want. And just in general, I feel like I mean, accessibility is a huge issue. Like in in class, I just feel like there's a divide between. I mean, it's the accessibility divide, like between these. I mean, I keep coming back to this private school, public school, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's a big thing in St. Andrews, and of course, especially in, in the, the school of classics. Genuinely. But I think some minor change, some other changes, like bringing classics to the 21st century, I really, like, you know, maybe, like, I, like, dreaming, you know, I'm dreaming of it, but I really would like to have, like, a Vic event, you know what I mean? No, you're <laughs> No, I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun. Wouldn't it be? What is the branding going to be of the yeah? school of classics Vic event? Give me, yeah. like, 
Okay, yeah. that's going to be on Instagram. I don't know. I, this is like brainstorming, but, but I, I'd really like, like Pantheon at the Vic. <laughs> right? Pantheon's a Pantheon, good right? It's fun. It's fun. I wouldn't go to that, but I know people who would. Okay, okay. That's because he's friends with no but like I really would genuinely bring classics to the 21st century like making us kind of like modern it's like showing showing people that class you can like apply classics to like like the modern world and obviously like classics is I imagine kind of like a niche small school yeah we're like really really close and I think Another another thing that I connecting that's like some other things that I'd like to do. I think I have a really like little fun community in the classics. I, I think that and like especially in the class, we're just like so we're all so tight and we're all so interconnected. I think that I really would like to like show that to more people. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like a I, it's like everyone's so nice. Like the professors are so nice and the people are so nice. And I just I think. You honestly like making me wish that I took classes. Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's a pain. Don't get me wrong. It's like a, a huge pain sometimes. But it's just like it makes it like the people and the professors and like yeah, yeah. the the work just makes it all worth it in my opinion. Okay, so in one, well, three words. Three words. Why should people vote for you? Can I do my slogan? Yeah, 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 do your slogan. Pagan, yes. For context, Michael Sade is Pagan, (laughs) though. Yes, it is. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's been a very entertaining interview. I'm glad. Thanks to all the candidates who spoke to us. To find out more about which candidates are standing for which position, visit www.yourunion.net slash representation slash elections, where a full list of the declared candidates with their respective manifestos can be found. You can also get updates from the election tracker at thesaint.scot. To find out more about the race for the six sabbatical positions, the Saint will be releasing manifesto analyses for all these candidates in Tuesday's paper. That's it from us. This podcast was produced and edited by William Finlater and Isabel Loebscher. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>